Luke 3, 21 through 22, about the story of Jesus' baptism. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Let's be together in a spirit of prayer. Let us pray. Well, God, on this chilly morning, us up to each other, to your word, to the truth that you call us each into a deeper relationship with you and into an active faith in the world. Warm us up. Unfreeze us in the places we need to be unfrozen. Open our hearts and our minds and our souls that in the preaching of the word, in the prayers, in the quiet, and in song, we might grow deeper in your wisdom. Amen. Again from that text. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized. A question, what's the longest line, by length or by time or both, that you ever had to wait in. Can you guys think of that this morning? So I once waited in line for almost 24 hours, but it was with several other college friends for front row tickets to a Kinks concert (laughs) at the University of Massachusetts. Does anyone remember the Kinks? Okay. That was voluntary. But most of the time when we find ourselves in line, it's because we have to be there. We have no choice. And most likely, we do not want to be there either. And certainly not at the very back of the line. Lines. Waiting in line, standing in line, sitting in the car in line, on the phone, in line. Your call will be answered by the next available agent. According to a recent survey by the watch company Timex, Americans wait on average 20 minutes a day for the bus or the train, 32 minutes when we visit a doctor, 28 minutes in the security line at the airport, 21 minutes waiting for a significant other to get ready to go out, 13 hours a year waiting on hold for customer service, and 50 hours each year in traffic. So in the average lifetime, you and I will be in line for six months. Lines. They do tend to reveal our true character. How are you at waiting in line? I have to confess, I'm not a very good or patient line person. And so as if to teach me a lesson about remembering my true place in the line called life, God always seems to put me in line at Starbucks behind the person who's ordering a double decaf smoothie half-calf macchiato. (laughs) Or at the airport in a security line that snakes out into the terminal for a quarter mile on the one day that I am late for my flight. 
You know, at those times, it's easy for me to get worked up, righteous, angry even. Hey, I've got things to do and places to go. Let's move it. A waiting line can bring out the worst in me. It can make me selfish. It can tempt me to imagine that I am the most important person in the world at that time. That doesn't sound familiar to any of you, does it? But then rarely, I'll be in an interminably long line and I'll actually learn to accept, even enjoy, the social camaraderie that only a long line can bring. One March day years ago at the Miami Beach Airport, I was in line, a line of more than a thousand people for five hours. You see, we were all grounded when hundreds of flights were canceled up and down the East Coast due to severe storms. And you just kind of had to say, well, we're in line. And so we kind of tried to have some fun. Some people got angry and tried to cut, but mostly everyone acted really well. We shared our food. If someone left to go to the bathroom, a stranger, we held their place for them. Someone had a guitar, so they broke it out, and we started singing together. When we got to the ticket agent, she hadn't eaten in three hours, so someone in our group went and got her breakfast and then came back. That line brought out the best in us. It reminded us that we were all in this together, that there was no one more important than another in line, that all of us were equal, and all of us were just waiting. Waiting in line. Lines do really remind us of our true place on this earth, our shared humanity. Waiting in line at the emergency room, we know what it is to be sick or to feel illness or to be afraid for a loved one. Waiting in line at the funeral home, we all know what it is to grieve. Waiting in line at the voting booth, we are excited to exercise our rights as citizens. Waiting in line at a soup kitchen, everyone is hungry. To wait in line. That's the surprising image from the story of Jesus' baptism that we heard today. Now, listen to that text again that Anna Scott shared with us. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized. Do you hear that? That story is unlike the other three stories of the baptism in the other Gospels. It seems that on the day of his baptism, his very first public appearance as an adult, his debut as the Messiah, his coming out as the Savior, Jesus is the last one in line. Do you hear that? He's at the back of the line. And we have to ask, well, what's he doing there? He is... He's the son of God. I mean, he should cut right to the front, right? He should take aside John the Baptist and insist on going first. VIP treatment. But we know that's not Jesus. No, he's hanging out as the last one in line. He's hanging back with the collection of folks who bring up the rear, the tax collectors that everybody hates, the prostitutes that everyone condemns, the soldiers that everyone fears. As the preacher Fred Craddock once noted in a sermon, that's why we call Jesus friend and Savior and Lord, because 
He got in line with us. He gets in line with us. Amazing, Jesus in line, and not anywhere, not in the front with the powerful, not in the middle with the majority, but in the back, dead last. There is Jesus bringing up the rear with the stragglers and the forgotten, the nobodies, the rejects. Unbelievable. This God of all creation, the universe, comes down from heaven, becomes one of us, and then freely chooses to get in line like everybody else and stand by and with and all the people that our world so easily and so quickly sends to the back of the line, the expendable and the sick and the quiet and the oppressed and the refugee and the cast-off and the anonymous and the nobodies, the people who don't have connections. That's a powerful image of God to consider and embrace this day or any day. God and Christ standing in the line just like the rest of us, like any other Joe or Jane. There's a radical message of equality in that one act, a leveling. A reminder that when it comes to who we are in the eyes of God, in the heart of God, friends, we are no more important nor less important than anyone else in the line of human life. One of the lessons I absolutely cherish within our Christian faith and lived out in the life of Jesus is this egalitarianism found in our faith. That even as God absolutely names us as beloved, beloved, just as God names Jesus in his baptism, so too does God name us as essentially all the same at our core in our essence, as every single other child of God whom we share this life with and stand in line with. We are beloved, and we are just another person in the line. We are no better, we are no worse because of our zip code or our bloodline, because we went to an elite school with a few or a public school with a many. We do not get to cut to the very front of God's line because we know the right people or because we pay a little extra money to be in the express line. Friends, we are all equally saints, and we are all equally sinners, and we are all just waiting in line. And amazingly, Jesus is in line with us too, right next to us. The truth is is that we humans are living in times when such humility, when the notion of just being a human being in line like everyone else, with everyone else, it might not be all that much in fashion or in vogue, as our elected leaders seem to grow more and more out of touch with the real people that they serve, the millions of folks who live paycheck to paycheck, who have no limousine to chauffeur them around. And so many of our children are caught up in social media, a cyber universe that tries to convince them that they are only as good that they are only as worthy and beloved as the number of likes they get on Facebook or Instagram. It's not cool, it's not hip, it's not popular to claim our place as just another schlub in the line of life. But friends, I am convinced that if we look hard, we will see that is exactly where our God is and where Jesus Christ is. And that is where we are called to be as well, standing in line. 
no higher, no lower than our neighbor or the stranger, in line, beloved, humble, and human, ready to serve others, ready to take our rightful place in the line called human life. Let all God's people who stand in that line say, Amen.